Well, good evening. It's been a long time. Welcome back to our segment on Cat Space. I'm Cat. This is Buckets. And with us is our best friend, Leon. Hi, Leon. How are you? Ta-da. Ta-da. Face reveal. Face reveal. <laughs> Partial face reveal. So, we by about th- next year, that'll be my hairstyle anyway. So, we were, we were thinking <laughs> instead of doing a serious podcast, why don't we just chill back, relax, and enjoy tonight? We want to welcome our new subscribers and our current subscribers and viewers. Hope you like tonight's show. This will be uh, on YouTube really soon, and we will put it to audio, so look out for that. Um, hope you stick around and invite your friends. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, click on the bell, and you receive all the content that you want, as well as audio. We are on Spotify, so follow us there as well. Tonight's fun, fun, fun topic is favorite movies of all time. Let's get started. Number one, what is your favorite movie of all time? Garlion. Wow. I hate to say I hate to say impartial, but I'm kind of uh, half spoiling uh, one of my favorite movies right here. <clears throat> I did. I did. I watched I, Simpsons would probably be my favorite because obviously I've been a huge fan of The Simpsons since it started. I remember was it back in 2007 when it came out? I was over at the Parramatta Cinema at the time. I think it was, I don't think it was Hoyts at the time, but it turned out to be Hoyts in the end. But there was a, a huge crowd of just Simpson nut, nut cases. They absolutely were, you know, um, Simpson mad. And obviously I was in that cube. But one thing I did just having fun was just throwing in my little my little voices because I could do some of the voices of the Simpsons. Like, hello, I find a jumble. Anyone been to malls? Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> and I was just having so much fun. I was having the time of life. I was like a kid in a candy store. That, um, but yeah, obviously I would go with the Simpsons for sure. It had its funny moments, like it does. It also has its serious moments, like it does. But oh, it all turns out right in the end. Buckets. Uh, I have to say, basically, my favorite movie of all time. I mean, I have a lot. But probably one of my favorite movies of all time would have to be Star Wars, the original Star Wars, you know, where you've got A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, um, and um, uh, Return of the Jedi. I think that was that was my favorite one because it was, you know, it wasn't just um, a sci-fi um, clip kind of thing. It, it really was um, revolutionary. Yeah, it really was revolutionary. Um, and and the way that it was done, um, like the, there's like little things that you learn. For example, when um, uh, the um, Empire is uh, sorry, when Darth Vader is walking down the Death Star and and looking um, over to the gla- uh, glass screen and stuff like that. Um, when you look at it on film, it, it looks as if it's their real soldiers, but the truth is, all of that was just painted on to save money. And there's the bit where uh, Luke and Han both got a medal um, and all the soldiers, I think, um, I think f- uh, four or five lines of the soldiers were real, but the rest were just card- cardboard cutouts. And they were so well done um, that no one knew the difference. But just little techniques like that. Um, it was, but I think one of the best things I loved about it was the dogfights because they used real um real uh world war ii um air air fighting and then he just um used the techniques of that and then just 
um, made new planes, but but still had the the same formats for which they um, uh, were uh, fighting each other. So that's kind of things that were quite revolutionary. Not to mention the fact that he would always start his movies with a long, long time ago, um, in a galaxy far, far away. Which is if I remember while we're on that, while you mentioned that in the galaxy far, far away, if I remember right, I think I remember seeing some sort of behind the scenes thing where it was done on some big gigantic screen. Uh, at the time, because you know that couldn't have been done under normal circumstances uh, back in what the seventies when Star Wars came out. If I remember right, I'm not. I'm like I may be wrong, but I remember seeing something like that well, in maybe a behind the scenes. Originally, what they actually did because they wanted to make that movie um, uh, like an adventure kind of thing, you know, not just boring. But around mm. about that time, Flash Gordon was really popular. And so if yeah. you look at the original um, intro of Flash Gordon, it's in the same format as Star Wars. So it's it's almost like they're reading the same sort of format. So they kind of copied off Flash Gordon and then brought it into their own movie to say, hey, this is an action adventure sci-fi that matches up with Flash Gordon. Um, so the, the, they did um, a lot of things. And there's even... Um, things like, like I said, the uh, uh, in a gal- um, a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Well, George Lucas was really the first artist to kind of play with time. So he's saying this happened a really, really, really long time ago, but it happened in the future, kind of thing. So it's 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 one of his. But one of the things he's actually really, really good at is playing with time. So that that's why I think um, Star Wars was really one of my favourite movies because it was, as you put it, so revolutionary. I think my, one, my one would have to be Back to the Future, one and two. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, go, figure that, think... go figure that. There's no real shock there, is there? No, the same no, no, way no. as there's no real shock about the shirt I'm wearing, huh? No. Um, Back to the Future, I think, because... You know, the it's just so epic. Like you, you could really have a look at, you know, buckets said, you know, Star Wars was revolutionary, but to me, back to the future wanted to revolutionary because if you look back, they travel back to the past, then back to the future, back to the past, and back to the future. And you could see things like holograms and you could see like different houses and you could see, you know, um smartphones, mobile phones, big you know, you could see like uh Skype zoom things like that um you could see like stuff that is happening nowadays that is slowly coming out that they predicted would happen and i think that was revolutionary because they they showed us what the future may possibly look like going forward and they were actually pretty accurate as well that's the funny thing very accurate like you know who was also very accurate predicting things from the future the simpsons they always predicting stuff and it always ends up happening like the Cubs winning the World Series in the sports almanac, like, you know. They were one year off. Yeah, they were one year off from that. QR codes, for example, um, if you look back, things like that, it was just so perfectly done. And Christopher Lloyd and Michael J. Fox, their acting was phenomenal. And I, The I'm ultimate just, combination. The ultimate combination, you know. And I think those two were, those, those two were my favourite. 
movies of all time. Wasn't there something about that movie though that they they casted someone before Michael J. Fox, and then they did like basically the whole movie without Michael J. Fox, and then realized you know what Michael J. Fox would be much better in this role, and then just did it with him. Yeah, wasn't wasn't Michael J. Fox doing like uh, Family Ties around the time of Back to the Future? I think no, he might no, have no, no. He was younger in Family Ties. He was much younger. Mm. Right. Um, okay. And Back to the Future, I think he was just slightly a bit older, like in his twenties. But um, right. I think those two were my favorite movies. Next question: What movie has impacted you growing up? I.e., um, I can't read my writing. You wrote it. Uh, Rebel Without a Cause, uh, Star Wars, Karate Kid, Back to the Future 1 and 2, Father of the Bride 1 and 2, My Big Fat Greek Wedding 1 and 2. What was that one that you wanted? Uh, War Games as well. Yeah, you know what? I saw that movie um, uh, a really, really, really long time ago and it was made in the 80s, I believe. And that movie scared everyone shitless because... The thing about war games is that everyone thought, because because uh, everyone was heading towards all this advanced technology during the eighties, everyone thought, okay, what what if all of a sudden um, that we start um, in, instead of basically having um, men um, operate um, weapons like nuclear weapons and all those sorts of things. What if we put a computer in charge of it and see what would happen? And that I do remember that uh, when that movie came out, it literally scared it, excuse the language, it scared everyone shitless because it thought, well, what if that actually does happen? And what if uh, for whatever reason, um, the computer um, makes a computer decision instead of without emotions, instead of a human decision with emotions. And that, that, that became, that was probably one of the reasons why um, America and probably many other countries that still have nuclear weapons um, probably are still controlled by old DOS bars that are still controlled by humans, as opposed to setting it up with modern technology um, where all you really need to do is just press one button and that's it. I think um, what movie impacted me again, and I'm going to say this again, was Back to the Future because Back to the Future, they not just talked about the past and the future going backwards and forwards. You could see Doc Brown uh, or, you know, yeah, Doc Brown uh, using everyday materials to fuel the DeLorean and he didn't fill up with, you know, unleaded or gas or anything. He actually used things like paper and banana peel and, you know, things that were leaky, things like that. It sort of helped with, you know, they, they in a strange but particular way, talked about uh, climate change. But that's like... Um... Like not climate change, sorry. Yeah, climate change. They talked about how they would fuel their cars. I mean, currently, you know, the way we run, our world is so, you know, you know, so filled with, with things in the air and sort of they made that nod to it in a way because you see him putting stuff in the car to fuel it like you know putting petrol in and sort of that 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 was a mark for me where I thought yeah that's very profound well I I thought you know um now looking back at that movie I just thought well technically we're actually kind of doing that now so we are using um, greener um, fuels like say the banana peel that goes into 
the flux capacitor, we could, I guess you could relate that to, um, you know, um, making uh, green fuels, which actually does happen in India. They use a lot of their uh, rubbish um, and they turn that into an actual fuel source um, and, and they'll call that green fuel. But, you know, the thing is about that movie is that how it impacted me was it showed me what the past looked like and how exciting it was and how scary the world will look going forward. I mean, you're looking at going back to the future, literally seeing what the world's going to look like in 20, 30, 40 years time from now, you know, changes in atmosphere, change in the world, way we live, things like that. What about you? Um, I think one of the movies that really changed, well, certain, I think spoke, could say changed a little bit, changed how I thought about things. I would have been one, I think, I don't know if you guys remember, I think it might have been called Minority Report. It's uh, yeah. featured Tom Cruise, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like him him and his team trying to prevent future murders and future criminal activities and stuff like that. That was kind of, that was kind of really, uh, it was, to me, it was kind of out of left field and stuff like that. He believed, and I think the promo was like, he believed in the system until a system came after him. And that was, it also was one called The Others as well. I think it was starting Nicole Kidman, if yeah, I remember that, right. That freaked me out. Yeah, that one, yeah, it was that was a really good movie. You know, trying to figure out, you know, and it was at the end. Sorry, sorry for spoiler alert. But the but Nicole Kidman and her family was the dead family, and that really freaked me out. I was like, what? All this build up, and it was the other way around. Mm. That was crazy. I think I've only ever watched it once and it was at this. I think I was, I think I, I watched it once. I think it was at the cinema. That was a wild movie. That that was one of those crazy ones. You, yeah. I don't know if you watched the whole movie. I don't think you see that ending coming. I, I'm, I, I'm interested that you actually said minority port because technically we're living, we're living the minority report way, especially when John uh, John Howard, um, I'm sorry if I have to bring this political again, but John, when John Howard uh, started created, creating suspected terrorism laws, that's effectively... Retro, I think it was called retro, it wasn't called retrospective or retro, yeah, it would have no, been retrospective. He, he was, well, he was creating the, the law, the suspected terrorism laws that he was creating, right? Um, he... That's basically the same concept of minority report, um, just without three children that can predict the future. Mm. Um, because you're basically suspected of a crime before you even commit it. Uh, and that's what suspected terrorism actually is. There's another movie that impacted me, which was um, that one with uh, Sylvester Stallone and Wesley Snipes. Uh, what's the name of it? Demolition Man. And... You know how, you know. I am. I think I've only ever seen this once. They would, you know how he was in the cryogenic and Wesley Snipes was in the cryogenic and they, you know, they both came out at the same time. And you had people living underground and you had people, the higher society living above ground, living, you know, the lavish lifestyle where there's, you know, people underground cooking, eating, sleeping, breathing, living under the ground and society there's two parts of society and the bottom was the worst and the higher was class. And, you know, even their cars are different, the way that they were driven, you know, even their homes are different, how, you know, 
you just ask the house to turn, like nowadays we can say, you know, hey, Alexa, turn the lights on and it won't. And, but back then they even brought that and it sort of like was like, wow. I mean, look at how, you know, everything works in Demolition Man. I mean, again, I'll be heading that way. And that's an important question to ask. That's another movie that impacted me because you see it and you think, oh, yeah, great acting, great actors. But you don't, when you sit down and you watch it again, pay attention to what's happening because you'd be like, oh, my God, is this going to really happen, you know? Well, on that little topic, um, I, I do believe that John Wayne is actually uh, cryogenically frozen. So even though they haven't actually thought out the Duke yet, um, you know, maybe. Is he? I haven't done it. No, no, it's true. He is uh, cryogenically frozen. I thought Walt Disney was frozen as well. He might be as well, but um, they unless they find technology to throw out the Duke and... I thought th- we didn't have that yet. Well, no, I've we- heard that rumour myself. I remember Dennis Leary mentioned it in one of those songs that he made back in 1993. He, he, I think there was... The Duke was mentioned. I, I'm absolutely certain that the Duke was mentioned as all, and also John Wayne. He was also mentioned in that same song. So I I hear where Buckets is going on that because I remember hearing that same rumour too. Also, also the rumour that Walt Disney was the same way as well. So yeah, I've heard the same I've thing. Known. That I've known that he wanted to be frozen in time so that if he if they were to bring him out, he could see how um, how Disney World has changed when he actually looks at it. But I don't know if, he, if he's really frozen in time or that's just a... That's just a heresy or no, 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 no. He's frozen. It's just that we don't have the technology yet to defrost him. How weird. Yeah, is we that? can't just pull a plug and just defrost him. You know, just <laughs> that's weird. How old would he be if he was defrosted? 80, 90? No, he'd be stuck what? in time. He'd just probably be pissed off because he'd be really cold. Isn't that something like Encino Man as well? Wasn't there a caveman that was yeah, thawed out and brought back into this world? Yeah, he was Encino Man, wasn't the same deal. He was frozen and you know, he was brought to it and they dug him out and he was like in ice and everything because he was a caveman mm. and they guess what they used the heater to defrost him yeah brendan fraser what an actor mm. kudos to him next what a mummy too yeah <laughs> next question were black and white movies more reliant on a good story than cgi being the main factor see i i genuinely believe that um Movies were kind of made differently back then when it was black and black and white because if you had a terrible movie whilst it was black and white, no one watched it, right? Okay, it wouldn't make any money, uh, and actors and actresses would basically go bankrupt, right? Um, so they had to rely on good storytelling, and if they didn't have good storytelling, then that that was it. That was the end of their career. Um, but you could go even further and say, well, what about um, silent movies that pretty much just relied on words kind of thing? Um, oh, yeah, I haven't. Oh, silent movies. And they're the ones where you see like action and then all of a sudden you see that thing come up in black and white, like, I'm going to push this button right here. And all of a sudden you do jump into a hole or some crazy yeah, black that, and white right. piano kind of stuff. Yeah, and they, they did that with Zorro because Zorro, the, the first original um, silent movies, um, Zorro was pretty much the best thing they could do because all, he, all Zorro had to do was do his action stuff and, and then um, there would be like a little 
piece of um, text that people would read off the screen. And then they'd watch hmm. Zorro do his thing again. Um, and everyone loved that kind of thing. And that was back, back back then it was subtitles before subtitles were a thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And in my opinion, you can call that revolutionary because okay. um, it led the way to subtitles. It led the way to subtitles. There so you go. There's a lot in debt with, with that kind of film. I think I love, look, to be honest, I'm sure subscribers and viewers would agree. I love a good storytelling. I love a beginning, middle, and an end. I don't mind green screen, but not too much green screen. When in movies of yesteryear, going back, green screen you could tell, but it wasn't that bad. With modern day movies, the way they make movies now, is like you can tell, oh, that's so green screen. That's green screen. That's CGI. That's CGI. That's green screen. Sort of like there's no... There's no uh, substance to it. It's it's like cooking a, a delicious five star, you know, degustation meal where you have you have the, the 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 recipe, then you have the ingredients, and you chop them up, and you cook them, and you add the sauce, and you know you add a pinch of this and a pinch of that, and then you you plate it, and then you put it in front of the the, the person eating it. That for me is it's like a good meal. Now, sort of like oh, there's too much green screen, or there's too much CGI. I like a really, 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 really good storytelling. It has to have a beginning, middle, and an end. And you can also tell with certain uh, with certain movies, especially if you mix it in with a bit of the real real life, and then all of a sudden you throw in some CGI and stuff like that. Especially with 4K monitors or 4K TVs, I should say, with high refresh rates, um, you can see, you can tell like where, where people are walking back and forth, and then all of a sudden you see a CGI come in, and you can clearly tell that it's CGI. The, the trick is to not uh, make it so obvious that it's real yeah. because you want people in the back of your mind thinking right, that's not real but that's that's not real but really because i could tell you the tv that i've got and i'm i've spoiled this particular year i've got a high sense tv i got it i got it a couple of years ago but anyway <clears throat> the thing is you can tell it where if um where it's real and where it's CGI, you can easily tell, and that's the, that's a and that's a bad thing, you know. If you can tell that, then they're not doing it. They're not building their TVs right. But how funny is it? Let's throw a random in there. How funny is it when it comes to favorite movies of all time, right? How funny is it before you had a massive boom camera, boom mic, you know, actors, actresses dressing up, makeup, hair, whatever. You had a location or locations. Now. Mm. They don't have that. Now, some, a director could get his iPhone or her iPhone and actually record the movie on their iPhone, go home to their iMac and go on iMovie and actually produce that and direct that and edit it and put it together. Like, how strange is that now? Like we've gone Someone's through. been watching that iPhone 13 ad. <laughs> no, but the thing is, to be honest, look at it. I mean, you've gone from the director going cut to, like, having an iPhone. Well, the thing is that wasn't that, like... Um... Pentatonics, they did an entire, um, uh, uh, you know, what's the word? You know, the montage. <laughs> they, they did an entire um, song, right, on an iPhone. Yeah, which is the Daft Punk one. When they first started, yes, they found that on an iPhone yeah. and they won three grand. Oh, nice. I'm going to have to watch that because I love watching Pentatonic. That's great. Yeah, they are. They're awesome. Um, 
So, but you've gone from old fashioned, let's put the camera together, sit behind the camera, yell cut, yell action to now grabbing an iPhone, filming everything, taking it home to a Mac or a Mac laptop, putting it to iMovie, listening to it, editing, cutting, pasting, and then putting it out there to like a movie theater. Hmm. Like how, how weird is that? We've just got lazier, I think. I mean, the technology's gotten better, but we've gotten lazier. But my, my problem with today's movies is that so, like, I, I remember when um, 3D movies were basically the cutting edge of technology and in a way that they, they kind of still are. Um, and they, they did that with uh, Titanic. They also did that with Jurassic Park, which was a real biggie. Um, and all of these were basically led by um, the famous James Cameron, of course. Um, and they, they were great when they first started out. But then we noticed something that started to happen, which was we started to produce all these movies that were um, CGI because that was the new standard. But it was almost like CGI got replaced by a decent story. And that was the one thing I really hated. So when I, when I like, I, I, I don't know if you watched this, but I really, I watched... Um, the original uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, or the original the original cartoon, the, the cartoon and the, the movie. Oh and, yeah, and those costumes were made um, um, from scratch, right? They 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 made them themselves, um, and they had their own robots to move the mouth and stuff. And they even employed four um, guys that were all black belts themselves in their own right to play the characters and do all the movements and things like that. So they really did all that. And then, you know, a couple of decades later, they had a CGI version. And it doesn't work as good. It doesn't look as good. No, it doesn't. And I think the only real improvement, to be perfectly honest, um, about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was Shredder. And I was kind of upset that the bad guy basically... The kitchen utensil? Basically, well, yeah. <laughs> The, the bad yes, I watched the original version of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and I remember Raphael calling Shredder a kitchen utensil. But I still I remember that. I've got all 10 seasons. I've got all 10 seasons of the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on DVD here. That's how you, crazy wait, wait, wait. I am. Okay, for a start, you don't have all 10 seasons because if you did, you'd also have the Power Ranger version of it. And that was terrible, by the way. That's the Power Ranger <laughs> version? Yes, there's a Power Ranger version that Leonardo was a chick. Okay, so yeah, if you've got that, then then I'll I'll salute you, but I won't because I hated that because they. He's not going to salute me. Well, fine, I'll give you a salute later on, but it'll be a bird. But anyway, uh, um, but uh, well, according to this, I've got the ten seasons of the Ninja Turtles. Anyway, well, according to the US standards of practices, they imported all ten seasons. But anyway, uh, but look. Also, here's another one. You mentioned about the, the created characters and stuff like ALF. What about ALF, Ooh. the TV series as well? Love that show. Yeah. I mean, oh. was, was he in that costume all that time, that young, that uh, that, that small fellow? Was he, was he in that costume all that time for the ALF character? Um, I always thought yes, he was he, so. uh, Look, I always thought he was an, uh, a puppet, actually. I, I don't know if there was actually someone in, in him. <laughs> I don't know either, but that could have been an earlier model for the Ninja Turtles movie as well. Because Alf came out before the Ninja Turtles. 
That's that's true. Um, but I, look, I just remember um, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the original movie. Um, they really did an excellent job on that movie. I mean, they they really do. And um, I I loved all the sequels of those movies as well. And I just remember the nostalgia from those. Oh movies. yes, it was just that's probably so the reason good. why I got the DVDs because of the nostalgia. Uh, that's that's probably one of the main reasons I got it because of that nostalgia and because at the time it was one of my favorite shows. But anyway, I think let's 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 pay homage and tribute to Shredder. And Shredder was James Avery. The amazing yes. actor who played Uncle wasn't Phil. He on Prince, Prince wasn't he on Prince? Wasn't he on Fresh Prince? He was Uncle Phil. Okay, not even yeah. I knew it, that. So. You wouldn't believe it, guys. In Star Trek, he also played a, a Klingon on Star Trek Enterprise. But uh, was it season four? I believe it was one of the. I think it might have been Affliction and Diversion. Might have been those double episodes. He was a Klingon in Star Trek. So there you go. He actually died what seven years ago, eight years ago. Uncle Phil, <laughs> James Avery, yeah. He passed away then, God rest his soul. I heard something about Star Trek that basically anyone that has um, a red shirt um, has a 75 chance of actually dying on the show um, purely because because they're wearing a red shirt, whereas everyone else who's got blue or yellow are like higher rankings. So they basically need them to stay alive because there has to be some sort of commander in charge. I thought that was the people wearing the red shirts. They were the com- they were the captain, uh, the commander. Anyway, next question: If you could relive your childhood memory, uh, childhood movie, what would it be? Uh, childhood movie. <laughs> we're going there. We're going there. Oh, I'll let you guys go first. So that way, I could do some deep thinking. Fuck it. No, it's your turn. It's your show. Well, I did mention it before, but I'd say Back to the Future 1 and 2. That I could relive okay. over and over. Childhood over. movie. You know what? I loved Uncle Buck. That was one of my favourite. Ah, the late, great John Candy. That's yeah. right. And you know God what? Um, that guy was really, really funny. And they were able to, that movie was so good that they were able to make an entire series out of it. And that movie actually, I think, uh, so, so the movie Home Alone. Yeah, I was thinking that. So that that the the whole reason why Home Alone even got created was because there was a scene in um, uh, Uncle Buck where basically um, Macaulay Calkin opened up the the letterbox opener and saw three faces as a prank, um, and that scared him. And that's that was the inspiration to make Home Alone. So I I but I aside from all that, I mean it, it's like I liked Uncle Buck because the thing is about it, it, it was like Uncle Buck's this this rude gangster-like uh, uncle kind of thing that no one really likes. Um, but he's for some strange reason he's able to put the family together and um create what would normally be a broken home into a stable home and i think uh we can all learn from that movie and it was just such a heartfelt i movie. think i would have i would also say home alone one and two as well because it gives you that that feeling of oh it's really christmas i'd love to go to new york experience snow and the cold but then again another childhood favorite movie would have to be karate kid because if you know going back to the yesteryear of america 
and you know then going to japan and mr miyagi and wax on wax off and yeah. you know getting the whole story about, yeah but the thing is the thing is that's where you know learning the understanding of cobra kai because cobra kai is what's the spin-off of karate kid was a spin-off of karate kid and Deep downside, all of us wanted to learn from Mr. Miyagi. All of us wanted to be part of the Miyagi-Do. All of us wanted to experience being a karate kid, listening to 80s music and sort of having different sceneries. And when they redid Cobra Kai and he went back to Japan, back to, you know, back to where Mr. Miyagi's from and saw his, you know, the girl he fell in love with and, you know, sort of seeing the different atmosphere and scenery of japan and then america and the story see that storytelling that for me has a beginning middle and an end and with season four approaching we're going to get so much more that's what i love karate kid i think that's one i could really you know what i like you know the funny thing about karate kid is that my dad had a porch and we came from a, a chinese family and um i actually said to my dad dad i'm happy to basically clean that that porch for you if you just give me half a chance and the only reason why I did that is because I liked Karate Kid and I my dad had these these bamboo type um plants in his backyard and uh basically um my dad was like um where's my Chinese chopper has anyone seen my Chinese chopper and they're like, no, <laughs> no. And, yes. and I basically had the Chinese chopper cutting down the, the bamboo. Um, and, and basically my brother, um, uh, yeah, all my brothers, my dad, just all shouted out, fill up. <laughs> Run. What about you, Liam? Oh, geez. <clears throat> oh, my God. Um, well, you mentioned John Candy. I'm going to throw one out there. Cool Runnings. Oh yes! How good was that? That was oh, a, yes. that was a, that was an amazing movie. Nobody would have ever thought that the Jamaica the Jamaica would actually have a bobsled team, considering they don't really have snow. It's been summer pretty much all year round. Anyway, um, I was one of those. I was more of a person that got lost in the in the moment of Disney movies. You know, all the older Disney movies, Disney yeah. cartoon movies. My f- absolute favorite was Robin Hood. You know, the animal version of Robin Hood. That was my absolute favorite. Because of the way it was, it still is. As to this day, it actually still is my favorite movie. That, that was that would be my up, That one, that one does hold up. I love that movie. Yeah, it was like it was three different. It was three different stories. They had it was three different storylines, but they all had that moment. You know, uh, a start like you said, cat, a middle, and also an end, and each single one and every single one of them. That I don't think you'll probably get. I don't think you'll get a better movie if you go back and watch it. I don't think you'll get a better movie than the cartoon version of Disney's or the cartoon animal version of Disney's Robin Hood. I also love Kevin Costner's Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Oh, my God. Great that movie. was a great movie. Speaking of Robin Hood, what about Robin Hood Men in Tights? Oh, yes. The, that was How just absolutely hilarious. Yes, Mel Brooks is absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. Putting mm-hmm. that version together and had a dyslexic sheriff of Nottingham. <laughs> that was just absolutely crazy. <laughs> There was so much crap about that movie. It was so wrong, but yet so funny, especially when one of the guys is starting to get beat up and saying, hold on, I need to get some air. And all of a sudden he's looking down to his shoes, pumping up his Reebok airs before they continue on. 
and all of a sudden the buildings at, Sher- at Sherwood uh, inside the the castle had exit signs on them that had the green exit signs on them like you would at the normal cinemas. Oh my god, it was so over the top ridiculous and it was just so absolutely funny. That Robin Hood Men in Tights, if you've never seen it I've before, seen it. guys, if you've never seen it before, I'm telling you subs right now, if you've never seen it, watch it. You'll absolutely fall over laughing. I loved it. I loved it when I saw it. Next question. <sighs> Next question. Can cinema still be used as a vehicle to play musicals in the same capacity as older movies such as The Sound of Music, Oliver Twist and Annie? Um, it's perhaps. Um, like I saw, um, uh, I saw Mo- uh, Moulin Rouge, right? And that was a musical. But the oh, thing is, God, that was yeah. I, I, I didn't know that was a musical. Um, for all I knew, I thought that was just a movie about whores, really. Um, and when I saw it, I was like utterly disappointed. I, I, I'm so- sorry. I don't mean to disrespect the, the, the actors and the actresses and people who made that movie, but it was terrible. It was just yeah, really I- sad, depressing movie, really terrible. Is that because it had Nicole Kibben and Baz Luhrmann in it? No, no, it had Ewan McGregor and it had Nicole Kidman. Oh. Um, oh, but they also had Carly Minogue in a 20-second spot just, there. And their, uh, their acting was terrible. I'm sorry. It was the worst movie ever made. I, I, <laughs> like, I, Zero out of ten. I particularly didn't like that movie. I know that they've made that movie better before, but I particularly didn't actually like it. Um, so, But I do remember a time when musicals were actually in. So Blues Brothers, for example, um, that was a musical, okay? And that was like... Yeah, I was too. And, um, you know, I I do remember watching The Sound of Music at the movies, um, and that was a great movie. And there were lots of... um, Grease, again, another one. That was a a musical. That was probably... If you go to the favourite ones, that would have been my all-time favourite musical. But anyway, continue on. Um, but you know what, I, I saw Footloose and I remember that was great, but I think musicals are for a particular type of age. And I think musicals are great for children because we're, children get exposed to music and we're learning and whatever. Right. But when you start to grow up and get a bit older and when you have kind of like these, these cross themes happening on, especially when you're trying to appeal to both an adult audience and a child audience at the same time, I think it gets a little bit more difficult. And the musicals that I've actually seen at the Opera House and before, they go into themes which maybe only adults understand kind of thing. Well, I I think, sorry to cut off, but if you go to the movies, you see they have a lot of Bollywood movies and I love, I've got a couple of Bollywood movies on DVD myself, but They've got Bollywood movies, so that's kind of like a musical type of thing. It's acting, but it's also musical because they're singing, they're dancing, they're acting. So I don't see why cinemas can't bring back things like The Sound of Music or West Side Story or Annie or, you know, um, Oliver, you know, Oliver Twist or, or just musicals that, you know, are appreciated for their storytelling, for their music, you know, family-friendly, orientated, really rich in, in culture, rich in food, rich in sound, you know, people going, you know, people like me, I was born at the end of 81, so I wouldn't have been born at the time Sound of Music was made or Oliver Twist or things like that, West Side Story, but growing up watching it, I think it's it would be nice to have that, you know, come back 
bring it back. You would have been, you would have been around the, you would have been around uh, about the same time as like Footloose and also yeah. Fame. There you one, yeah. there's yeah, one, there's one from there. You she wouldn't be around. You wouldn't have been around for the Saturday Night Fever era no, or Grease. No. But I'm at the end of eighty-one now. Well, like I remember watching Fame on television, right? And I loved that movie, but there were bits in that movie again that I didn't quite understand, like the fact that there were actors and actresses getting exploited by the industry. Um, but I'm sure if I watched it again, I'd understand that those people were being exploited. Um, so, but I love the song. I couldn't get that, that song out of my head throughout the 80s because it was stuck in my head. I loved it. I think it's probably one of the most iconic musical songs from the 80s. Just like Staying Alive was probably one of the most iconic musical songs from the 70s. Mm. So there you go. Like, for example, nowadays there's a, you know, there's a, there's a movie about the late Princess Diana called uh, Spencer. It hasn't arrived in Australia yet, but, you Isn't know. Isn't that that controversial one? Or, is it, yes. or am I thinking of a different movie? No, it's, it's the one where, with uh, Kristen Stewart and um, from Twilight. And she plays Diana. And I think if we look at it, we're talking about favorite movies, but let's talk about that for a moment. What, like, we have seen Diana. We know Diana. We know how she died. Rest her soul. God rest her soul. Why, why are people creating movies about someone? Like when they made the, when, when Queen made Bohemian Rhapsody with Rami Malek, that was genius. You didn't see them going, oh, let's make a part two about how he died. Mm. No. They stopped when they said he's our family member. He's also our best friend. He's, you know, the, the leader of the band. Let's talk about his, let's make it about his life, his music, his legacy. You don't see them making a movie going, let's make part two of Bohemian Rhapsody. No, because people are going to get bored. thing is, why make so many Diana movies? We all know what happened. We know the conspiracy theories. We know the stories, the plot lies. The Even in the crowd, it was depicted. And, you know, movies are meant to take you, take your imagination on a wild ride. And you're supposed to have that, oh, wow, I definitely want to see that again. But bringing something like Spencer is going to go, yeah, I'll definitely go to the movies to see it. Don't get me wrong. But after the first time, I'd be like, yeah, I don't think I'll go back because it's sort of like we all know. Movies are supposed to take us on, take our imagination on a wild ride, fun. You know, people love comedy, people love action, people love thriller, people love sci-fi, people love horror. I, I think one of you the know. one of the things I don't, I haven't seen Spencer yet, so I can't really judge Spencer. But uh, my brother would basically say that one of the reasons why he hates Diana movies isn't because he hates Diana, because he doesn't, um, but he hates the fact that there's a little piece of information that gets discovered about Diana. And then that's enough to basically get directors to make another, a, movie. another movie, Diana, even though it's the same recycled information that we already know. Just with, with 5% new footage. Yeah, exactly. Big deal. 95% is from the old pissing movie and you're paying, still paying full price. You shouldn't it's, be, you shouldn't be paying half because... price for new footage. But here's the kicker, right? Here's the kicker. We all know, as Bucket said about Diana, and we're talking about favourite movies. The thing is, right, here's the kicker. We know about Harry and Meghan. We know about Wills and Kate. He's going to become king, should be queen consort. We know about Prince Charles taking the throne. You know, but the thing is, 
now you know it's kind of like now there's even a documentary coming out about the late uh duke of Edinburgh philip yeah there's a documentary movie coming out about him so there's things why why can't we let these people rest in peace Leave them alone. I was always I, I was always angry at them at the especially the British mainstream media after Diana died because it felt like every month or something there was some new dark secret about Diana. You guys would have remembered this back in nineteen ninety seven. Um, there was always some new BS about it. it. Was like, for the love of God, she died how many years ago? Let her rest for the love Peace. of. That's the reason my main. That's another reason my mainstream media is not trustworthy, because they're just running crap, absolutely running crap and painting it like it's front page news, and then having to retract it, which meant they have to eat a little, little bit of humble pie, and as well. Yeah, exactly, and apologize to the royal family. That's why you don't. That's why you do not go after the royals. I don't care if you like them or you hate them. You. Do not go there because you make yourself public enemy number one. Yep. One one of the things I think all you really need to do is find out like that um, Diana probably used a a blush or a lipstick that no one ever knew before. And then that would be Oh, there we go. There's a sequel right there, D2. And what's funny, speaking of favourite movies, what's funny, speaking of favourite movies, is apparently... Now, the reason why they're doing Spencer is because her so-called um, psychic that she was best friends with Diana for, for four years, spoke to her mm-hmm. Oh, you know, Prince Harry contacted me a while ago, uh, asked me about his mother, how she died, things like that. And because he was dating Christina Bonas, this beautiful, uh, you know, uh, uh, Zimbabwean, Zimbabwean, you know, socialite, beautiful, her father's rich, things like that, etc. And she didn't want to be married to him because she didn't want to be part of the royal family. And then she mm. said, oh, I told him you are going to marry someone with brown hair. Oh my God, there are 7 billion people in the world with brown hair. And it happened to be Megan. There are yeah. 7 billion people in the world that have brown hair. Yeah, I'd just like to point out that this only came to light now right that's what they're making and 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 basically um not before not not before okay (laughs) um diana died well i mean wouldn't it be wouldn't wouldn't it be like i i would don't get me wrong because i have a lot of friends that actually are you know uh legit psychics and stuff like that but um wouldn't it be useful if they found out this information um, before Harry actually got married, or even before Diana died, but no, it only has to be revealed now. after Diana dies and or Harry gets married. That'll be this will be the next. This will be the headline for the next movie. It's called The Fortune Teller. <laughs> actually, there's a documentary coming out called uh, The Princes and the the Press or something like that. And the Princes called- and the Paupers. That's what it should have been. Then- well, speaking of favorite movies, they've got to stop making Diana movies because we they need to stop exploiting Diana. They need to stop exploiting her vulnerability. They need to stop exploiting her heart and soul. And they need you know to where you know you know what country where those kind of movies don't sell in the UK. That's why you don't make them. If you, you know, can't get them to sell in the UK, you don't release them. Well, Ask Madonna and swept away. Then, but then you can call it a limited edition, Leon. Speaking of favorite <laughs> movies, right? Speaking of favorite movies, you mentioned TV movies. TV movies are just the same as movies. 
They met, Lysa made another movie about Harry and Meghan called Harry and Meghan Escaping the Palace. I'm still waiting here for it to be dropped so I can buy it. But the thing is, we know that story and people in the UK have, like the, the, the royal family have barred it from, or banned it yet from being played in the UK because the Queen does not approve of her, of her grandson, Harry, you know. Being exploited. Um, he exploited the queen he exploited his commander-in-chief he exploited you know she's a grandmother she lost her husband it's it's not nice but you know at the end of the day i'm glad tv movies like that get banned because it's just it was when i read the reviews there were a lot of people going this is rubbish you know we don't condone this you know harry knows what he's done wrong megan knows what he's done wrong and the fact that they're still using the duke and duchess title you know everywhere they go and you know, it, it, TV movies are just the same as being on the big screen, you know? Except they're on the small screen. Except they're on the small screen. Last question. Uh, are our movies becoming too politically motivated instead of having good old-fashioned quality fun? Oh, I think so. I think so. I, I think there's a lot of movies, including the new Star Wars, is highly politically motivated. I mean, that was basically a feminist movie. Um, and, you know, you can tell me what way from Sunday that it wasn't, but um, it was, and you can tell, right? You can tell when you've got um, uh, basically pretty much all of the generals are female and all of the male generals are either dead, murdered or non-existent. Um, and all of the basically skilled uh pilots that basically saved the day were pretty much talked down to um so you, you that's an example of a political motivated movie um the thing is china is pretty much famous for having politically motivated movies um and also so was nazi germany nazi germany was also famous for having politically motivated movies and they made uh, really good um, politically motivated movies as well. To, Schindler's to, List. Yeah, but well, oh, actually, I I knew um, uh, uh, Tom Keneally who actually wrote Schindler's List. Um, it used to be called something else, but they changed the name. Um, but uh, um, yeah, I mean, like there's there's I think a lot of movies today. Um, have some sort of message that they want to sell you as opposed to something where they're making a movie um, just for the sake of having fun. And I think that's a real shame, to be perfectly honest. Why can't we go see a movie that doesn't have a message at the end of it? Why can't we have a movie that just makes us laugh? Exactly. Like I, 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 to be honest, I... The movies these days are getting, like you said, they're getting more and more politically uh, motivated and stuff like that. I would rather not, I would rather them not do that because they're just like, there's too many people right now believing in this woke culture. I I don't want any part of this woke culture. That's why I, I agree. ran, I that's agree. why I run my, just go crazy every time I hear anything about it. Like, they need to go back to, well, you want to know a good way to make a good movie? As you said, good storytelling, good good plot development as it goes through. It doesn't need to be politically motivated. It doesn't need – you're putting politically motivated stuff in there. You're just trying too hard. 
think it's about. just um you just don't need to do it just go with the flow yeah a natural flow and that's all you need exactly i agree i strongly agree like for me i as bucket said and you said i, I agree with you both very strongly which is a good storytelling where you need something if you're feeling low or sad or emotional or having one of those days or you just want to laugh and be happy a good movie good old-fashioned storytelling movie a feel-good movie of the year where it's like yeah I definitely want to go back to the movies again and again and again just to see that one movie like I miss good old-fashioned movies like the current movies that they make to be honest I would not go to the movies to watch them nor would I get yeah. the DVD I don't, yeah, there's some movies out there right now that are too over the top. I'll give you an example. I'm probably going to get hate mail for it, but Fast and the Furious 9, that is so outrageously over the top. You're not going to have a person driving a freaking car in space. That is not going to happen. You're not going to strap an engine on the You're not going to strap a plane engine onto a car and have it blast up into orbit. That is over the top. It doesn't didn't need that. That's just ridiculous, over the top, and just too. It's way too. It's way too crazy. I like the Fast and the Furious series of movies. I'm surprised they continued on after, to be honest, after Tokyo Drift, which should have been renamed the Death of a Franchise because it was that crap. <laughs> um, but Fast and the Furious Nine was uh, probably too over the top. There were scenes in there that just you're not going to see that in real life. You're not gonna you're not gonna picture yourself ever seeing that in real life. That's the problem. They tried to go, they tried to go too over the top with it, and it was just too over the top for my liking. But anyway, that's me yeah. ranting. Well, just do you know what the funny thing I found about that is that they were willing to basically drop a Ferrari out of space or whatever expensive car out of space when they know full well that they actually have something called an Airbus, which is a which is a plane. Wasn't that cool? Isn't that what it's called? (laughs) I think for me, you're right about that. Look, I love Dwayne Johnson. I love The Rock. I've been a fan of it since, you know, the wrestling days. But um, Paul Walker. He wasn't in nine. Paul Walker, may he rest in peace. I think they should have just stopped after he died. Because to be honest, I think you're right. While we're on that, I reckon they they need to stop referencing him because everybody knows the story he's dead he's not coming back he's been dead for a number of years and every single movie they've done since his death they always reference him like look we know he's dead there was even a tribute at the end of the movie uh, at the end of that uh, fast and furious movie i can't remember which one it was but it had four paul at the top of the at the top of the uh thing at the, the end credits for that particular movie we know he's dead you don't need to reference him anymore. You don't need to reference the, that particular side of the family anymore, you know. But do you know but they do every freaking time, and every freaking time they tease, Paul Walker is going to be there. He is not. He died. The Stop referencing him. The reason him. why they say that, the reason why they say this, because I read about this, I did some research when they were doing these movies, is because they wanted to bring him back as a hologram. And also they had his brother or brothers involved in the franchise and the movies. I think they were there. I think they were there to fill to fill the sequences that Paul died before I finished them up. That's the reason why they called um, called those brothers in. And also, I think um, uh, Vin Diesel walked um, Paul Walker's daughter recently down the aisle when she was getting married. He did too. I remember hearing this. I remember hearing this. That was that was probably the if there was a feel good story of twenty twenty one, a that would be one of them. B would be Abba's. 
Abba's comeback after 40 years. That was that would have been the two moments of the year. Anyway. But as much as I love Dwayne Johnson and The Rock, I think they should have just, even though his, his brother or brothers continued the movie, when I read that they were going to try to bring him back as a hologram, I was like, the dude's a fantastic That's not gonna actor. Work. He's a fantastic father, you know, fantastic human being. But leave him alone. God rest his soul. May he rest in peace. Just, you know, not every movie you're gonna, you know, when they win the awards, they go, oh, we made this, you know, thinking of Paul, or they break down and cry. And I know a lot of fans are gonna be upset hearing this, but also subscribers and viewers. But the thing is, you yeah, know, Philip's starting to cry now because we're talking about Paul Walker. No, I, I'm just, I was just thinking, just like, right, we, we what, appreciate what, his work and can, how amazing he can was. I, can I say something? Okay, just say Fast and the Furious makes an amazing movie and they get, like, mm. 50 Academy Awards in the one movie. And then what about, uh, and they mentioned Paul Walker and it's all great. And then the next one they make is complete crap. Are they going to mention Paul Walker's name? Is that because if I was Paul Walker and the, the movie turned out to be crap and you've used my name six I'll times. I'll be popping out of that gravestone going, stop referencing me, you bastards. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, well, that's last thoughts. Favorite movies? Favorite movies? Um, well, there was, there was one movie that we didn't actually mention, but we meant that's because we're probably running out of time. Well, go ahead. Um, and that's Rebel Without a Cause. And the thing is, um, that movie was great for a lot of reasons, but one of the greatest reasons why that movie was so great was because they created a movie about what it would look like um, if um, there was such a thing called a teenager. Because before that movie, there was basically, they had there was adults, and then there was young adult and there was child, but the word teenager never really existed. Now it's in medical journals, it's in everyday society, and, and we literally have a definition of what teenager actually is. And that was all due to Rebel Without a Cause. Um, and um, that is another, uh, another great movie that, that really has had a massive influence on our world, even if it's a tiny little line or a tiny little concept. So I think that's a really great movie um, that really has made a difference to the world. If you want a tearjerker movie, right, in my opinion, you watch Jack, the movie that started Robin Williams, the one where he ages super fast. That is probably the ultimate tearjerker movie you'll ever see. God rest his soul. He made great movies. He did Stout make file. him. him I, I, I love, love pretty much all his movies that he's yeah. made. Um, especially um, Night at the Museum. I yeah, Night at the Museum. Uh, the whole, we've got the whole trilogy. Yeah. So we can sit down and watch that. But thank you so much for joining us. It was so much fun. Maybe in the next two weeks we can meet up again and do another fun one. Um, please don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and click on the bell. And let us know in the comments if you like the podcast. We're also on Spotify. Follow us there. We're also on Anchor, uh, anchor.fm. Make sure you listen. Invite your friends and family from overseas. Let them know that we are everywhere now. And um, if you'd like to if you'd like to talk about a topic or a conversation, let us know in the comments below. But by the way, if you've actually got a movie that you actually did like and, and it wasn't mentioned today, yeah, let us know. Please let us know. We'd love and to know. We'll, Independence we'll Day. There you go. I've got one. Independence Day. Oh, there we go. Got one there. You can't, you can't say that one now, guys, because I just mentioned it, Independence Day. Stop ruining part for one, obviously. Part one, because part two is a shocker. 
Stop ruining for our subs. But anyway, <laughs> it was so good to see you. Thank you so much. And um, we'll see you all next week. Until then, have a safe weekend. Enjoy yourself. Stay safe. And uh, God bless. Good night. Bye. Bye. Bye.